It's Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here if you want to join us. You can. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. There's uh, lots to talk about. Is Walmart going to be coming out with their own cryptocurrency? We can get into that story a little bit later on. Uh, The latest on Julian Assange, I think we'll start real fast there because there's not much to say, sadly. The news isn't as bad as it could have been. It's not great. I mean, it's but it's good within the confines of the possible news that we could get about Assange, right? It could be worse. There's not much at this time in the UK system that it could be in order to be better. This is true. And then also supply chain problems are bad and they may be getting a lot worse. We'll tell you about that, plus a uh, protest is happening of truckers up in Canada. All of this is uh, very interesting news, so we'll see how much of it we can get to. Of course, your phone calls are welcome about whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I saw in the news last night that Assange was going to have another high court hearing this morning, and this is, as I understand it, I believe the court below the Supreme Court in the UK, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so the high court is basically like an appeals court, kind okay. of. Um, and so they has anyone re- reminded the United States or the United Kingdom that Assange is in fact not a U.S. citizen? No, he is not. In fact, he's, as I understand it, never been to the United States. He's never even come to visit. Where is he from? The United States, I Australia. Australia, or New oh. Zealand. I don't I remember. I think which. it's Australia. Okay. Wait, and, so I thought that he worked for the United States government and then no. leaked some documents. He didn't work for them. No, just leaked Julian some? Assange ran, or I guess runs. I guess he doesn't run it if he's in prison. But uh, he, WikiLeaks. He, he ran WikiLeaks, and so the person who worked for the government that came to him was then known as Bradley Manning, now Chelsea Manning. Hmm. Um, I mean, that's one of a myriad of people. Like, WikiLeaks has leaked all kinds of information from various different governments all around the planet. It's just that in the particular case in which he's being accused of, I think, basically spying charges. I think they're spying, and I think there's a charge of treason. Espionage Act, yep. Is espionage the same as treason? No. Okay, I could okay. be wrong about the treason thing then. I don't think he could be charged with treason because he isn't a U.S. Uh, person, but they're charging him with espionage and could be facing, I don't know, like 170 years in prison or something like that. The last We're doing journalism. Saw. Correct. Yeah, for, for printing the truth. For printing a leak that was provided to him by someone who's already been let out of prison, mind you. Chelsea Manning is out. Now... Uh, is she... In jail, because I know that there was... They did snatch her back up, didn't they? I thought that was just for like a year and it's over. They did, but they told her they were going to hold her until she agreed to testify, and she is not going to agree to testify, but I don't know how that ultimately turned out. That was like sometime in 2020, I think, and she tweeted... She's tweeted recently, so, uh, I mean, Ross Ulbricht also tweets. Yeah, and so did John McAfee before he died from prison. What people should realize is that if Assange goes down for this, then Glenn Greenwald, who I think does The Intercept now and used to do um, The Guardian, he was the one who published the Edward Snowden leaks, revealing to us the true scope of the NSA spying on American citizens. If Assange goes down for this, Glenn Greenwald goes down for that. Greenwald is no longer at The Intercept. He's doing his own thing. Okay. They... uh they went crazy, they went bad, and he had to leave the organization he founded. 
And that was sometime, I think, in the last couple of years as well. Uh, Chelsea Manning posts as of three days ago on her Twitter, quote, I did this for over a year and I didn't get anything. She's referring to being in a in a box. So from the context of her quote there, it sounds like she is not inside a box at the moment. Okay. So, well, that's good. Yep, that is good. But So she's out, but they want to put Julian Assange <laughs> behind bars for the rest of his life. And... He's just the guy that published the information that Chelsea Manning provided to him. This was a cable gate, right? That was the leak here. It was all of those diplomatic there cables. There were some cables involved okay. in that. Why do they why they call them that? I'm I'm not really sure. What Communications. Does that mean? It's like another word for communication of some sort. I'm not sure why they call it a cable. Because the internet is a series of tubes. Yeah, it sounds like an old term, like a like a telegram or something like that. It sounds like something that's just been in use. It's coming over the wire. Yeah. <laughs> for a long time. Um so if you want to comment here, you're welcome to join us. But basically what happened, according to CNN, is that Julian Assange has one, quote-unquote, permission to try to appeal. <laughs> so he had lost the most recent... Uh, okay, let's take you back to, I think it was January of last year, when he, quote-unquote, won his initial decision by the whichever court it was in the UK, where that court said, okay, Mr. Assange... We're not allowed to hold you anymore. You're going to be released. And this was after he'd been in, in this, you know, like a very high security, maximum level security prison. I think it's uh, Belmarsh Prison in the UK for a few years since he was originally being held um, against his will in the uh, Ecuadorian embassy for most right. of half of a decade. And then he was unceremoniously booted from there because that was the only thing keeping him from being put into prison because he was in the embassy so i mean he he would rather have been in the embassy than the prison because it was a little bit nicer like he had a cot and could kind of eat decent food yeah and walk around the premises as he wanted yeah um but then he got out they took him they snatched him up as soon as they the ecuadorians booted him out and it was like a political thing because some new president had come in in ecuador and he wanted to curry favor or whatever with the uk so he released assange from the embassy made him leave they grabbed the uk grabbed him up they put him in jail on i think it was like a a year-long sentence for basically missing court Right, so, on charges that were dropped, if because this correct. stems from some rape allegations or something, or sexual assault Out of allegations. Sweden, I think it was. Sweden or Switzerland, uh, yeah. I don't remember which. Yeah, so the, the women who had those rape allegations, that case got dropped while he was in the Ecuadorian embassy. But because he didn't go to court, well, they had to give him a spanking for not going to court. So he was then But he was in the years. Ecuadorian embassy, so he couldn't have gone to court. So He could correct. have, but they would have oh. snatched him and held mm. him in order to try to extradite him to the United, to the United States, States on mm. espionage charges. Right. So even though he's now done, as of whatever, a year or two ago or whenever it was, he finished the 12-month sentence from the UK court for missing court, basically. So anyone can just say that somebody raped them and then you have to go to court for it. And even if it gets dropped... Because those people have no evidence or something, you can still go to jail for missing that court case. Correct. Yes. If you miss any court date. Even if that court date is in a different country, evidently. If you miss any court date, you will be, uh, a warrant will be issued for your arrest called failure to appear. And so it doesn't matter if the other charges were dropped. So he went and he did his 12 months and then they kept him there because the United States government gang wants to extradite him on these so-called espionage charges. Well, back in January of last year was when the court... In the UK said, well, we don't believe that Mr. Assange will be treated well. Uh, We don't think that the U.S. prisons can keep him from killing himself. So therefore, 
we are going to release him. We're going to deny extradition. But we'll let the U.S. appeal it first. And so the U.S. came in with an appeal, which took most of last year, of course, you know, for them to issue a ruling. And then they finally issued a ruling toward the end of the last year saying, nope, we're reversing our previous decision and we will be keeping Mr. Assange for extradition to the United States. But uh, Mr. Assange, you can possibly appeal this. And that's what the hearing was today, was to determine whether or not he was allowed to appeal the last decision that says he's going to be extradited. So... Presumably, he'll be doing that now with the uh, so-called high court, I believe. Uh, I like how the United Kingdom government is concerned about whether or not the U.S. prison system can, you know, treat Assange well, when all reports are that Assange's mental and physical health are drastically plummeting <laughs> yeah. in the U.K. prison system. Yeah, he's had uh, serious physical health issues and has barely been able to. I mean, there, there have been instances where he's definitely been off as far as like him being able to speak clearly yeah. and without, you know, the assistance of... Uh, like an attorney or something like that. Well, uh, hopefully he appeals and hopefully the UK High Court or Supreme Court or whatever the hell court is going to make this determination says, this is ridiculous. Release this guy. Let him get back on with his life. On Monday, Lord Lord Chief Justice Ian <laughs> oh Burnett God. and Lord Justice Timothy Holyroyd denied Assange permission to directly appeal December's ruling, leaving it to the UK Supreme Court to decide whether or not to take up Assange's appeal. Okay, so I guess this is not... Okay, I guess this is moving to the Supreme Court at this point. Now, whether or not they will accept it uh, still remains to be seen. So he, I guess he still can't quite appeal for sure yet. He now has oh, to God. go and ask the Supreme Court to take the case. Uh, there's more coming up here. If you want to comment, the number is 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The number, if you want to join us here, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're going to get into the food supply situation. We've been reporting on occasion about how things are not optimal uh, as far as the, uh, the situation with being able to buy things like you're used to. And, of course, uh, you know, your very own government gang has a lot to do with why that is the case through their stupid regulations, their COVID crackdowns, their shutdowns, their mandates. And there's going to be more mandates coming, so get ready, uh, because if you thought the uh, supply situation was bad now, we'll explain why it's going to get a lot likely uh, going to get a lot worse here very soon. It's Ian, Bonnie, and Aria in the studio. And by the way, I want to let you know about Bitcoin.com. The uh, price of Bitcoin has taken a bit of a nosedive in the last couple of weeks. And as of right now, let's well, come back up a little bit. It was down as low as like $34,000 within the last couple of days. Now it's about 36600 So it has tumbled by a, about 50%. In the last three months, it hit a uh, record high of around $68,000 in the middle of fall, uh, maybe in November sometime, I think it was. And now it is about half of that. So if you've been uh, holding off and been debating getting into cryptocurrency, might be a good time to do it. At the very least, you ought to take some time to learn about it over at Bitcoin.com. And before somebody out there starts hollering about how, my God, it's dropped 50%. Yeah, I'm surprised I'm not hearing this from people because when Bitcoin was at like $60,000, a lot of my friends messaged me like, hey, I finally used Robinhood and bought Mm -hmm. some Bitcoin or whatever. And like 
since then, it's lost a lot of its value. I'm surprised they're not messing. Be like, this is a scam, and I just sold on my Bitcoin, mm. and I lost half of it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that is what people tend to do. Sorry, that's Bob, what they were... did in 2018. I think it was. That's what they always do. Yeah, you were going to say something. I think. Oh, I said was. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, the idea is to learn a little bit about it. Go to Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started at the top of the page. And this is a, a reason why the whole dollar cost averaging purchasing strategy, in my opinion, is a very good one. If you go all in at once, if you've taken, if you take your life savings and go and dump it into Bitcoin all at one time, you're going to have be a bad a dis- time. Yeah, that could be a disaster. I mean, you might get lucky. Like, lucky would be this is the lowest Bitcoin will ever be, and you know, from here on out, it goes up. But the odds that that's going to happen are pretty slim. I mean, it could go down in the next five minutes. It could go down tomorrow. We, we don't know uh, what's going to happen, which is why taking a little bit every week or every two weeks, you know, like whenever you get paid or whatever, and just shoveling a little bit over into, uh, into cryptocurrency on a regular basis. That Do you helps. remember the name of the website that lets people automatically convert some of their paycheck into cryptocurrency? No. no, I don't. Some caller called a few weeks ago and told us about it, and it sounds really cool, and I don't remember what it was. Yeah, that does sound cool. I bet you there's more than one site that'll do that for you. Uh, but yeah, taking the, the just regular habit, making that a habit of just what well, doesn't matter what the price is, you just buy 50 bucks a week or every other week or whatever it is that you can afford to lose. Remember, don't put in what you can't afford to lose and then it won't be a nightmare if the uh, the price goes down because then it's just a buying opportunity. Then it's like, all right, sweet. When I buy this week, I get it at half the price. Yeah, my little uh, brother, he hadn't bought any Bitcoin. He had made a little bit of money off of Dogecoin, not like mm-hmm. a lot. But for some reason, he just never got Bitcoin. And um this week he was like, Bonnie, can you uh, let me call you and explain to me how to make a wallet and get Bitcoin today? He but knew he, how to... How weird. They, yeah. He did it from Robinhood. That's why. Uh, and I, I just told him he shouldn't do that. So, yeah, yeah. But you can get news. Bitcoin through Robinhood now, can't you? I think so, but they're yeah. probably just I bad. wouldn't, but... Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't. he hasn't called me yet, but he wants to now that it's gone down. So the good thing is more people are, you know, deciding, oh, maybe it's a good time for me to get in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is an, it's certainly an opportunity. Go to Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started at the top of the page. You can learn the basics about what is cryptocurrency, what is Bitcoin, and Bitcoin Cash. And if you want the latest news headlines, they're there over at news.bitcoin.com. But let's get into the supply issues. We can come back around to crypto later on because there's always some interesting news about that. Uh, some some leftist uh, rag is calling it a giant Ponzi scheme. And if we get the chance, we'll... It's worse uh, than a Ponzi scheme. Oh, wait, they already said it was worse than a Ponzi scheme. So That was some other story a few weeks ago. Yeah, and now, now they're saying it's one. a giant the, Ponzi scheme. This so one that is didn't work. all cryptocurrency. It's a Ponzi oh, all scheme. crypto. Okay. If I remember correctly, yeah. if we're talking about the same article, it sounds like we yeah. probably are. Yeah, it does say crypto is a pon- giant Ponzi scheme, not just Bitcoin. But yeah, uh, so the U.S. food supply is under pressure. I mean, this is obvious. People have seen empty shelves in grocery stores and stuff like that. Have you seen it? Uh, I have not. Oh, you don't do your... I don't do a whole lot of grocery shopping. shopping. Yeah. And when I do, I don't... Like the CVS uh, here in Keene, I mm-hmm. go there a lot because it, it's like a 24-hour Walmart, except they don't have as much stuff. We, there yeah. aren't a lot of 24-hour stores here, and I like doing my shopping at night where I don't have to encounter right. a lot of people. But they used to have like a frozen foods section. Yeah. They're completely empty now. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, th- those coolers are just empty. I like, haven't looked at, in a while. That That's crazy. They used to be fully stocked with like frozen foods and ice cream. Yeah, just basic stuff. Ice cream, frozen pizzas, hot pockets, that sort of thing. They don't have any of it now. Wow. Oh I God. haven't noticed that. We were at Market Basket, for listeners that don't know, that is a grocer in the uh, New England area. 
And last week they were particularly light, but it was also right before a snowstorm that we went in. So people might have been, you know, overreacting to five inches of snow uh, potentially coming down. So this week I wanted to see if it was comparable. And they were still light on some stuff uh, this week. The bread section was a little bit light, though not as bad as the previous week. And when I say light, I mean you can see one loaf and then there's nothing behind it. And you know, it, the loaf is okay. horizontal, or I don't know, just sideways, long ways on the shelf. So that way it's covering like what three bread facing the other way. Right. The would loaves cover. would be turned, but then there'd be nothing behind them. So very, very light as far as the uh, the shelving. There I was- actually did go grocery shopping at the Hennifer. Oh, that's different. Different shade. Never mind. Well, what did you see? But I uh, I saw fully stocked shelves okay. everywhere. All right, that's good. Yeah, um, fro- frozen food didn't seem to be too bad off. There 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 were a little light on things like pancakes and yeah. uh, waffles, like where there was just the one box at the front of the row. But cat food is bad. Cat food was completely out uh, last week. Didn't check this week. We don't yeah. normally go down yeah. that aisle. Well, if the, either of you ever come across cans of wet cat food, go ahead and buy, buy it for and, you, and I will pick it up, buy okay. it from you. <laughs> Doesn't it, matter what flavor or what brand. You no, don't they'll care. eat it. No. Okay. Well. <laughs> Sure, we can talk about that during the break. But okay. <laughs> fair enough. In general, yeah, I mean, it's almost impossible to get for whatever reason. Hmm. I, I suspect it's because more people are eating fast food than ever, so all of those chicken byproducts and pork byproducts that normally go into cat food are going into your McDonald's McNuggets instead. That's good. my best guess. That's a good question. That is a good, ob- I mean, guess. If you want to weigh in on the supply chain situation, maybe with what you're seeing, where you live, uh, the, the number here is 603-283-6160. I think there's a lot of like fear-mongering going on out there. I mean, there's a lot of real. There's a lot of real light deliveries. Some things are completely out of stock, but I see a picture on social media of completely empty shelves in, in one store, and it makes me think that that store is just like rearranging their, their store. And or their manager sucks, right? Yeah, it could be. Or that they, or that's just somebody wants to make it look worse than it actually is. I mean, maybe there are some places in the United States where it really is that bad. I haven't seen that here. I haven't either. at this point. Well, I saw a video where this lady goes to Hobby Lobby and Joanne's in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Only, I guess it's December. Craft stores. Yeah, and they were crazy empty. I mean, they were going through the whole store. It was like her and her sister shopping wow. and saying things like, oh my gosh, they never don't have tissue paper for gifts. I'm not going to be as concerned about a lack of tissue paper as I would a lack of cat food or some other like food items. But let's get into it. We're going to talk more about it. Your thoughts are welcome. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com free talk live phones open you can join us here the number is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 and you can bring up whatever is on your mind here tonight it's ian it's bonnie and aria and you can join us online anytime you want over at freetalklive.com. We do have our social media site at social.freetalklive.com. That is where you'll find uh, the ability to post without 
some big tech corporation telling you you can't say what you just said. So head over to social.freetalklive.com. That's social.freetalklive.com. I saw myself uh, censored on Instagram the other day. For what? Um, it, it didn't pop up with a thing like, oh, you can't have this and take it down or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But when you post multiple stories, they're just the 24-hour posts on Instagram. Right. You can see how many people viewed each one. And for someone to view one of your stories, they have to view them in order. The first one I posted was about something, you know, about like the government created the virus. And um, like less people had viewed it than all the ones following it. So that means that Instagram is not letting some people view it. And it, ha- it popped up with a little, hmm. for information on the COVID vaccine, click here thing on top of my post, too. So, so some people did view it, yeah. but not as many? Mm-hmm. And it's it would be like impossible if I wasn't being censored by them, because you have to view them in order. Huh. So some people were not seeing that post at all, just going on to the next one. How strange. Hmm. I wonder what that's all about. There's no telling. But uh, they do love their censorship. Yes. so That's why we're not on YouTube. And that's why you can go to social.freetalklive.com, and there is no such thing as censorship like that there. So uh, social.freetalklive.com. Let's jump into the story here, Aria. You've got more on how bad is it when it comes to the supply chain in the United States. Well, according to these guys at the Wall Street Journal, the U.S. food system is under renewed strain as COVID-19's Omicron variant stretches workforces from processing plants to grocery stores leaving gaps on supermarket shelves. And that's because if these people test positive, they have to stay at home in quarantine, even if they're not actually sick. Mm. In Arizona, one in 10 processing plant and distribution workers at a major produce company were recently out sick. In Massachusetts, employee illnesses have slowed the flow of fish to supermarkets and restaurants. A grocery chain in the United States Southeast had to hire temporary workers after roughly one third of its employees at its distribution centers fell ill. Mm. Wow. Food industry executives and analysts warned that the situation could persist for weeks or even months as the current wave of COVID-19 infection eases. Recent virus-related absences among workers have added to continuing supply and transportation disruptions, keeping some food scarce. Nearly two years ago, COVID-19 lockdowns drove a surge in grocery buying that cleared store shelves of products such as meat, baking ingredients, and paper goods. The only ones I saw that were actually ever cleared of store shelves, though, were paper goods, toilet paper, yep. and paper towels in particular. Yeah, that happened in the very beginning. Uh, at the same time, and what it a was... strange thing to hoard! There's a there's a life threatening virus out here. Better go get some cottonelle. <laughs> well, you know, you're gonna have to poop, uh, so you got to do something. Not if about you're it. dead. Well, I think the true. idea was, I think it was everybody's gonna have to stay at home in their house for so many hmm. weeks or whatever. What if you run out of toilet paper? When yeah, you're stuck at home and you're not allowed to go to the grocery store or something. That's true. Or that it would be so bad, people would be dying in the streets if you left your home, you know. I mean, the better solution is to buy a bidet. I mean, honestly. That will pay for itself. I mean, there's. I mean, look how expensive toilet paper is these days. Yeah. In, yeah. in the long run, it's an obvious solution. Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of people were buying bidets in that particular case. From That's right. The prices oh, up really? about prices went up. 30, 40 percent, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So now some executives say that supply challenges are worse than ever. The lack of workers leaves a broader range of products in short supply, food industry executive says, with availability sometimes changing daily. Well, plus, I mean, just a further thought on the toilet paper situation. Everyone, with the exception of bidet owners, needs toilet paper. And not everyone, or wipes. yeah, and not everyone, you know, necessarily eats the same kind of food. There's a much wider variety as far as food is concerned in the market than there is toilet paper. I don't know. That's true. One potential. 
Yeah, you have some people who are vegan, some people who, like myself, just don't eat like a lot of red meat. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then a lot of people who only eat fish or whatever. But in Texas, there was um, huge shortages of the dry food, like noodles, rice, all that mm. stuff. Me and my ex were going to the store and just, they, we were like, okay, we're going to get a bunch of beans or something. And they were all gone. It was crazy. I wonder if in the Southeast, like in Mississippi, there were milk shortages because that's what that's what they always buy in the South whenever it's about to snow. They buy milk. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why, but they do. So I imagine if there was about to be a pandemic, they went out and they just bought milk in mass <laughs> for whatever weird reason. Supermarket operators and food makers say that overall supplies are plenty despite the continuing labor shortages and difficulties transporting goods. They say that shoppers will find what they are looking for but may have to opt for different brands. So that's encouraging at least. Okay. Well, I mean, they don't probably don't want to cause a panic, right? So even if that's not entirely true, it's probably best to say that and just let people encounter what they encounter rather than rather than say, "My god, we've run out of everything." <laughs> you know? Well, I haven't went to a store to buy makeup in a very long time. I usually just order makeup because I know what I like and I use the same I've been using the same thing for decades mm-hmm. but um i always watch youtube videos about people who watch makeup or wear, wear makeup and are obsessed with buying makeup and this one lady who is very famous on youtube named tati westbrook she did a video recently talking about all of the new things coming out that she was interested in buying or not interested in buying and discussing that and she was just complaining the whole time there's like nothing new they don't make new things anymore for some reason no makeup manufacturers are coming out with new things it's all like they'll come out with the same thing but jumbo size and call it new Hmm. and she was really upset with that so i thought that kind of sounded sounded weird like maybe the factories or manufacturers are busy creating other things so they're not you know prioritizing makeup right now but makeup is like a over a billion dollar industry so like before 2020 it was almost annoying how often it was like new launch from this company new launch from this company like every single day the same company twice in a week type of thing like it was so constant and now it's weird yeah i wonder what that's about pfizer and johnson and johnson probably bought all of the test animals Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) maybe uh, i I mean i hate saying that but that 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 could very well be part of it you know maybe they've just got inventory and they want to sell it before they bring something else out it could also be that they're not allowed to go do the testing i mean hopefully i mean there's lots of companies that don't test on animals but i met this lady at my job she came in to shop at the mighty moose mart and on that she, note, there's an app called Bunny Free, by the way, that will mm-hmm. show you those makeup and hair conditioner and hair shampoo brands that don't test on animals. Hmm. I know Wet n Wild is one. They but, are. Um, anyways, uh, this lady, she came in. She is a neuro- neuroscientist. Neuroscientist. And uh, she said that during COVID-19, she lived in Canada and she had to leave behind or stop in the middle of a bunch of testings they were doing on animals like rats uh, for her, you know, you know, brain what's the word like not tests or whatever so a bunch of rats just had to die that were halfway tested on and now she'd have to restart her uh surgery i mean not her surgery her tests her studies but all those animals died and they had been you know ones that they had to work on for like more than a year you Mm. know all the studies are suddenly stopped so i don't know if that has anything to do with makeup Mm. i don't know either i uh i would guess that maybe Makeup sales are down. That might be a possible, right? Because if people were staying at home, and ha- covering half their face and covering up their face and not going out on dates or whatever, then maybe they're not using makeup as often. Excellent point. Mm. 
So Eddie Quezada, produce manager at a stop and shop store in Northport, New York, said Omicron has stretched his department more than any previous wave of the pandemic, with one in five of his staff contracting COVID-19 in early January. Deliveries also have taken a hit, he said. Earlier in the month, he received only 17 of the 48 cases of strawberries he had ordered. There is a domino effect in operations. And this goes back to the article that we talked about, you know, months ago about the domino effect of these shipping containers where one shortage just led to a shortage somewhere else, which led to a shortage somewhere else. And all of these grocery stores and these shopping centers, they do... I don't remember exactly Just what it's Just in time called. ordering? Yes, that's it. Where, you know, they expect to sell this many product and they're going to receive that many product in order to replace them as they're sold so they don't have right. to fill up warehouses with stuff. Correct. So when there are disruptions, all of those places suddenly have empty shelves. Yep, because they're not prepared for it. And they're uh, not getting replacements. The number is 603-283-6160. There's more coming up on the supply situation. And if you want to comment, what are you seeing? Where are the issues at? It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, the number here is 603-283-6160. You can bring up anything you want, and you can take control of the airwaves. Your comments on the supply situation in the United States, and I presume elsewhere in the world, are other places facing similar issues in other countries? I don't hear much about that, but we don't live there, so... We're not as likely to. If you want to weigh in and tell us what it's like where you are, the number is 603-283-6160 here tonight. It's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. Don't forget, if you want to help out some people that are in serious need of assistance, like people who barely have drinkable water and have to walk five miles to get it, there are people like that on the planet still. And uh, right now we're helping people in Bamet and Kalifi counties in Kenya. Thank you to whoever it was that donated a thousand dollars recently. I happened to go to the donation page and it jumped up quite a bit by apparently just one donor. So wow! Uh, and we are going to be matching that. By the way, we're matching up to thirty thousand dollars total from Give Directly. This is the first nonprofit that allows you to give money directly to people living in extreme poverty. They locate recipients who need help, and they use mobile money to send them cash with no strings attached. And research shows that giving cash to people in need can really help them out with positive changes like employment, nutrition, health, and education. Plus, that cash allows them to invest in what they need instead of relying on aid aid organizations or people thousands of miles away to choose for them. In the last decade, the people over at Give Directly have delivered over $400 million to over a million people who need help. And you can help by going to give.freetalklive.com. That'll take you right to the Give Directly site where you can contribute. And they do accept cryptocurrency, by the way. Give dot freetalklive.com as we go to your phone calls and thoughts ryan is on the line in albuquerque you're on free talk live ryan hello uh you know i uh the female made the comments about buying her uh um necessities offline and that kind of thing and i'm guessing you're going to either amazon or some kind of outlet and maybe we're seeing the end game of that kind of situation because so many people are buying their things offline, it's putting a lot of pressure on these local businesses. And maybe that's the outcome of it is people can just make more money by cutting out the middleman. But then that hurts us being able to go to the store to buy these things. I don't that is buy, a really good point, though. Go ahead. I don't buy makeup often enough to really think that I'm making any type of an impact. I, that's the, the only other thing I buy offline would be clothes. And I mean... 
there's not that many places to buy clothes in Keene, New Hampshire. Well, I'm confused at what you're saying, though, Ryan. You're saying that people buying things on Amazon is somehow going to lower supplies at your local store? Well, perhaps because there's more money uh, in it for them to just go through Amazon because Amazon doesn't have the middleman, so they can essentially offer the price at, what, 50% less than what your local grocery store or, you know, Target or Walmart might be selling it for. I agree in the cases of Target and Walmart that people buying stuff online, as they certainly have been doing more and more throughout the last two years, is probably contributing to the empty shelves because Mm -hmm. instead of going to Walmart, those products are being shipped directly to people's homes. Yeah, but do people buy food online? Some do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Amazon bought Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people apparently do. But you certainly... The mom-and-pop store is failing to compete with Walmart and Amazon for reasons totally different than that. And that, that's beyond the scope yeah. of, you know, I'm ordering this online. I'm pretty sure mom-and-pops can sell stuff through Amazon if they, if they want to as well. So Yeah, well, we know, we've got a co-host who sells books on Amazon, and they, uh, they, they store the inventory for him in, in their warehouse, and they do the fulfillment. And he just... But, and that's the thing is I, I'm kind of saying that that's not really a good thing because it cuts out so many middlemen that those are jobs and those are people who are buying. And then you're saying it's you know, good to have middlemen. No. Well, yes. I, yes. And no. I mean, obviously, it's only good for the middleman to have middlemen. Well, it's also it's also good for. Well, if the middleman is, let's say, a department store or a, a, a mall, that's going to have hundreds of middlemen in it. We would say that it's a better thing to be able to go window shop and look at the products as opposed to just buying it offline. But the thing with makeup is, I mean, I'm not going to be trying on makeup in CVS anyway. Well, and I can agree with that. But I mean, not just makeup, expand it to anything that you could buy in a mall, you could probably buy offline. But the only uh, thing is, if I want to buy clothes and I... I'll just make sure they're returnable because if I buy jeans and they do not fit me, I'll just send them back. I, I, I mean, there's just nowhere to shop for clothes in Keene, New Hampshire. Oh, but- come on. There's a there's a Kohl's. There's a bunch of places. <laughs> I'm not going to shed any tears over the loss of middlemen. I mean, the middleman is only a, you know, a, a position that benefits the middleman. And I've never really heard the end retailer described as a middleman, but I guess you could if the idea is that cutting them out is cutting out a, a you know particular step in the the purchasing process but ultimately the amazon and you know a kohl's or amazon and a you know a walmart or whatever are essentially the end retailer it's just I, amazon doesn't have a physical store in which you can go and shop so you I think they do see, now in seattle what is the benefit to me of having a physical store of things i mean obviously food is different though right I don't think that many people buy food online. Maybe a lot of people do. I mean, you don't need a physical store at all. You just need a VR headset, and then you can browse the digital Walmart. You're being facetious. And you can grab things right (laughs) off the shelf and even be charged for, like, damaging the store or damaging the product if you, like, accidentally drop a watermelon. I'd like a serious answer from Ryan to that question, though. Can you answer that, Ryan? Uh well, of uh, what aspect? I mean, we, we I kind of have a. Just what is my. What is the benefit to me if I say I want to buy all my clothes online? And what is well, the benefit and, to me instead of going to Kohl's in person? Well, and there's, in all honesty, there's not too, too much benefit besides the fact that our economy kind of runs off of that. And having those actual stores and then, you know, the problem with, let, let's say you see a product here and then you know you have a coupon for 25% off on Amazon. So you go and buy it on Amazon and then that store that has all that massive overhead doesn't get any profit off of 
essentially advertising or having so a product. Your like economy requires people to pay more in order to sustain a store with a massive overhead that can't sustain itself unless people pay more. Am I understanding this correctly? Well, not necessarily. My, I think it goes more to I'm against the insanely massive profits that Jeff Bezos and Amazon is pulling in, especially given the fact that... Why are you against profits? Well, I'm against extreme profits because it's not fair that one person should have an allocation of resources that so outweighs every other person. You know there are other um, online sellers, right? Well, and I can agree with that, but that's what I'm trying to say is that whenever we put all of our money and all of our efforts into a single conglomerate that makes extreme amounts of money that don't, in return, look out for the local communities, then you have a problem. I mean, and we just got now into taxing these kind of things. What, five years ago, we started taxing. Why are you uh, taxing? How can I think you tax? The, the only issue is the fact that it's a corporation well, protected sure. by the government. If it wasn't, it wouldn't really matter how much money he made. He, you know, wouldn't have the ability, you know, to do anything to anyone else. You're and, saying we are taxing them. I am not taxing them. I think you're referring to the government gang. So it's not like you're, are you part of the government? Well, no, I'm just saying state taxes whenever you buy products offline. Are you I celebrating that? that? Well, I'm just saying that. You, well, we have to have taxes to be able to pay the bills. No, we don't. Uh, we certainly In New Hampshire, I don't need taxes to pay my bills. I pay my bills just fine. Yeah, New Hampshire, as I well, think you're going to point out, Bonnie, that. does not have a sales tax. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. neither does like Colorado and a couple other places. Yeah, and our economy is actually reason, very, yeah. very strong, partially as a, re, uh, as a result of that. It would I mean, be stronger if the federal government wasn't taxing us because they give us back yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars less than we pay in taxes each year. Look, I hear what you're yeah. saying, Ryan. You don't like Amazon's business model. You don't like, uh, you've heard some bad things about how that business is run, and you don't like what you've heard. And maybe it is a terrible you know, business model as far as maybe their employees hate their lives or whatever. I've heard those stories. I've also heard some employees really like it there. Uh, so, I mean, you're always going to get different opinions when it comes to mega corporations and working for those mega corporations. And the reality is there are still alternative options out there. So, I mean, I'll give you an example. Uh, just the other day, uh, in fact, yesterday, the one of the computer monitors here that was a decade old burned out. So, I happen to have another one sitting nearby. I always have a backup. But now that the backup's in use, it's time to order another monitor. So, I went online and uh, you know looked at the, the different prices and uh, Newegg had it for 149 bucks, you know, 24-inch monitor, which is so cheap. You know, it's like <laughs> insane. Yeah. Uh, you can't even get like a 20-inch monitor easily these days. I guess they still have them. But anyway, Newegg had it for 149 bucks, but it wasn't in for the next five days. It was out of stock probably due to ships uh, being backed up in uh, the, you know, the harbor out in Los Angeles. <laughs> and uh, the order on Amazon was actually higher. They wanted $160 for, you know, an immediate delivery or, you know, sooner rather than later, something that was actually in stock. And I looked around a little bit further because I was thinking about going with the new egg one and just waiting the few days. And I found that on BH Photo Video for $145. So for $5 less plus free uh, free shipping. So, you know, anybody that wants to look around can find usually better prices sometimes than Amazon has it. And I don't buy the idea that they're making huge money on these products. I mean, they're bottom of the barrel pricing. They're trying to beat their uh, competition. So I don't think there's a whole lot of money in that, at least not in the electronics category. But we'll talk more. Come on. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? 
My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down. And to put you in control of your own happiness. So you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160 as we kick off the second hour of the program. It's Ian, Bonnie, and Aria in the studio tonight. You can bring up whatever's on your mind, though. We are talking about the supply difficulties, supply chain problems. They are in the media blaming Omicron. Oh, it's Omicron. People are getting sick, so therefore, you know, factories aren't going at full capacity, and that's all. That's the only issue. Well, no, that's not the only problem. In fact, a lot of this, uh, these issues come from the state and its regulations and its controls and its mandates. Uh, and we can talk more about that on the way here with one reason why it's going to likely get worse. That's coming up. We'll give you that. Uh, but first, we go back to Ryan. He's on the line here uh, talking about the uh, business models, I guess, looking at the old model of a physical location, retail store, you can go in, you can look at the products, you can pick them up, you can feel them. And now, of course, you've got Amazon and these mega online uh, retailers where the prices are scraping the bottom of the barrel. And he sees that that's a bad thing. And, and Ryan, you were saying you feel like Amazon makes too much profit. And of course, I pointed out that you could easily just simply shop somewhere else. You know, and pay more or less, depending, right? Like, there's other options out there for you. Um, and oh. is why is that not good enough? Well, right now there are other options, but I mean, I, I, I just what I have a problem with is extreme profits in basically every single facet of society. I mean, you look at gas, oil, you look at a lot of other things, and these profits are able to be just like what you were talking about, manipulate um, states and... You know, gas stations only make a few cents a gallon, right? Like, there's almost no profit in selling gas. Well, yeah, but they... And so they have to sell a bunch of things off their shelves, and the products are always much noticeably more expensive than... uh, Yeah, that's because there's a price you pay for convenience. Exactly, and... I don't think that has anything to do with gas, because I work at a convenience store that doesn't have a gas station connected, and it's... You know, same type of prices as a gas station. Well, right, because you pay a price for, for convenience. convenience. Are you saying there's a problem with that? No. What I'm saying is, is we're marginalizing those kind of well, what you would call mom and pop stores or any kind of stores because of the extreme wealth and the ability to manipulate the marketplace that these extreme 
you know, kind of companies have. Like, uh, for instance, Walmart used to, or I don't know if they still do, but like 10 years ago, they used to really price gouge a lot of people to be able to have the opportunity to sell at a Walmart. Whereas those people would would go to a mom and That's a funny term to call negotiating price gouging. What you're referring to is that Walmart, as the largest retailer in the United States and one of the biggest in the world, uh, that they have the buying potential, right? Like of a very large client, right? Like if you're a seller of a product, you want Walmart as your client because they yeah. can buy a lot of product. And, and they what, can sell yeah. a lot of product to consumers. Correct. And what we've re- we've read stories about how Walmart does its business. That's why I'm able to identify what you're talking about. What they'll do is they will literally come into uh, your manufacturing facility with yeah. a consultant and they'll say, oh, you're not efficient enough here. We think that you should change this uh, manufacturing procedure or whatever. You could probably lower your costs if you do it this way instead. And they tell this, they tell the business, we'll take you on if you can lower your price to this, and then we'll take your product. So in some cases, I think I remember specifically they that's gave, the opposite of gouging as well. Yeah, they're, it's not a you know it's not a mandate. You don't have to do business with Walmart. It's just that if you want their market, if you want their their you know their business to represent your product, then they have a certain set of standards that they want to you to adhere to. I think the the only thing that I am understanding from his argument that I think is an actual problem is the fact that the government creates corporations. And makes uh, it hard for the average person to create a business. If it was just as easy for anybody to start a business uh, and become the scale of Walmart or Amazon, mm. there'd be really be no issue. But um, the government gets in the way of people starting businesses. That's and- definitely true. It does restrict competition in the marketplace. My biggest issue with corporations is that it kind of obfuscates who exactly produces what. Mm-hmm. Like all of the, f- yeah. the vast majority of the food companies in the United States are owned by like the same three corporations mm, nestle yeah and it's and, and it's impossible if you want to boycott this brand okay i mean that's fine but you actually have to boycott like 580 yeah yeah mm. uh so ryan i don't know i i'm i'm hearing from you that you, well, you you're upset by companies cons to everything hmm? i like i could i could see the pros to walmart and i remember 20 years ago whenever they started doing the the huge superstores of over that 25 years ago yeah and they started just offering everything you could imagine, fishing stuff, uh, camping stuff, uh, you know, sports stuff, bikes, all these things that were just all in this one store. And it was great, but as, as we all might remember, 25 years ago, a lot of those things used to be offered in your local stores that had, you know, uh, a retiree that was tie-in fisher lures for you right at the they store. still have that why would that be better i would hate if i had to go to get fishing supplies at one store then leave the store get in my car go to another store to get makeup i mean i let like me having why a, a walmart better. for that let me explain why it's better in some cases in, in most cases it's fine to just go to the big box store and get the things that you need because if all you're going to do is just buy, you know, toothpaste or whatever, then you don't need customer service. You don't need someone to tie yeah. the fishing lure. You don't need that. But on the other hand, if you need some level of special service, if you need some level of expertise, you don't get that from Walmart and you never will. The odds Walmart's that you're going to have, sorry, Walmart's have a person that works in the fishing and game section. You 
get somebody to come to that counter and they're trained on the you know the fishing. But yeah, they but don't know anything. Yeah, they're Walmart trained on yeah. fishing. I've worked in retail and so have you, Bonnie. Yeah, you Walmart. know. Yeah. Well, you've worked at Walmart. I worked at Kmart back in the day and yeah, there were times when I covered the the uh, register for sporting goods and I didn't know anything about it. They put me out in garden <laughs> shops sometimes and I'm like somebody will come up and ask, "Yeah, where are the rose or you know whatever geranium or whatever?" and I I said, "I have no idea." Yeah, they had me in hardware. But I'll go help but, you look for it, right? Like, I'll be an it, extra pair of eyes. Different. Hmm? It's also a different angle in that you have these people getting paid, and they're also paying their uh, their local economy, their local you know taxes, uh, their local uh, shopping center that they're located in. Yeah, but so are the Walmart employees. They're also well, getting paid and, and buying stuff from other stores in their local economy. Well, and you get you get process of scale, obviously, off of doing large, large scales. But I mean, then it there, there goes back to the to the other issue. But should hold on before you go the, back to that. Shouldn't you be happy about online um, sales? I mean, if you think Walmart and big box stores are such a problem, shouldn't it be a good thing that they've now experienced a level of competition that they've never had to deal with before? That this you know these online retailers are basically eating their lunch. Well, this could even be like a worse situation than what I would consider the the massive amounts of money that Walmart made and uh, didn't put back into society, but because it's getting it's now a next level type situation. When you where, say they didn't put had, it back into society, don't you think they pay people? Like, they're one of like the biggest employers in the United States. Walmart's not just sitting well, on money; they're constantly reinvesting it, opening new stores, hiring new people, doing new things. They're not just like sitting. It's not. not they're not like Scrooge McDuck with a huge, you know, vault full of uh, cash that they're swimming in every and day. And the other thing is, they made well, yeah, things but... cheaper. Everybody can't afford to go to a specialty fishing shop. Some That's people true. who want to go fishing can only afford Walmart fishing. You know, they don't want customer service because they. Don't want to pay the extra amount of money that's right yeah walmart's contribution yeah, to society cost, isn't right? money you said they haven't contributed money to society no they contributed a a ton of products to society that otherwise you wouldn't be able to afford well and i can agree with that but what but what also is a factor is, is they why isn't that not, enough they pay the bare minimum of to their employees and whenever no, they pay enough for- to get their employees to work for them instead of going somewhere else well, and that's because maybe they couldn't find another job because there are no other jobs. Bro, There's I don't so know if you've looked around. Right yeah, I don't know if you've looked around right now. I don't know where what it's like where you're calling from in Albuquerque, but here in here in New Hampshire, you can go out, you throw a rock, you're going to hit a dozen businesses with a now hiring sign. And I'm and, talking corporate and I'm talking mom and pop. And before the, the whole COVID thing happened in 2019 when I got hired at Walmart, I was looking for a job and it was so hard to find a job. And once I got the Walmart job, it was paying better than most of the places I applied anyway. Ryan, thanks for the call tonight, man. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. And feel free to call again because it was an interesting discussion. We're going to keep it going. Coming up. Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. We can continue talking about, well, we started with supply issues, and that led to a call about retail from a caller who seems to be against all of the trends. It in was very weird, retail. right? Like he was upset that Walmart and Target and all of these other major corporations beat out mom and pop stores, but then he's upset that Amazon is beating, beating Walmart, Walmart and Target. Yeah. So it's like, I, I I understand where you're coming <laughs> from it, it, to an extent because 
here in Keene, there are a lot of mom and pop stores. Shield. There are a lot of yeah, small markets. There's a lot of locally owned restaurants, and there's even locally, like there's an actual bike shop. There's I think two More bike shops mm-hmm. here in Keene. They're locally owned, and if you go in there, you're going to talk to someone who knows about skateboards or snowboards or bicycles or whatever. Yeah, but I don't think the Walmart here sells bikes because. They do. They do. That's but actually, it is not a super center. So no, maybe there is some correlation there. That well, that's actually the uh, the only reason it's not a super center is because the city council of Keene refused to allow that. Right. Uh, so, but did they refuse to allow that because they suspect that's what's keeping some of these mom and pop stores alive? They just hate business. In that's Keene. true. Uh, <laughs> it's, a key, it's a leftist uh, city for for New Hampshire, right? Uh, but that the bike thing is the example I always give, and I didn't get into it in the last segment. But it's a it's the example I like to give of why local mom and pops are still able to survive because they are able to give customer service that you cannot get at the big box store. You know, you're lucky if the person who you're dealing with is even familiar with the section as far as where things are. I certainly wasn't familiar with the hardware section yeah. of Walmart. I'd be like, let me get someone for you. Right. They're not going to be an expert. In the thing that you want. The or would Google are. their question as if they didn't have a phone in their pocket to Google their question. Yeah. And so the example I like to give is when I moved to Keene. Keene is a very walkable, bikeable city, but I didn't have a bike. Uh, there was no need to have one in Florida. You couldn't get anywhere on a bike. Everything all was all spread out. Here, everything's all close together. And if you've got a bike, you can get anywhere in town within you know minutes. And so I wanted to get a bike. And so, of course... I went to Walmart and got a bike, and you know what? It wasn't even put together correctly. Oh my goodness! And it's and it's not even the Walmart employees who assemble them. Usually, it's usually like Huffy or whichever the co- company is. They usually send a, an agent to the store, and their people assemble it. So that way, they're at least usually put together right. But in this case, it wasn't. And when I brought it back, I think the second one that I got also was was messed up. And so at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to a local store. I'll pay two times as much and I will get something that is put together correctly and get good, you know, customer service on it. And I did. And, and that's probably a, better than your standard Huffy or whatever. Yeah. And I got a bike that I paid over $300 for and I've got it to this day. And now, of course, I take it in, you know, on a yearly basis and have it tuned up or whatever. Which and, is another thing you cannot do at Walmart. Correct. And they do it cheap, too. Like, uh, there was this old man who would do it for... I was always shocked at how cheap he would, <laughs> would do the, the bike work for. And that that store, finally, he retired or whatever, and that store went out of business. But there's, as you said, Aria, there's still at least two other local mom-and-pop-owned bike stores where you can just go in and they'll do whatever you need done. And they do it, they do it well. So the customer service is always going to be something that people need because but they don't know what they're doing. I also don't like a imbalance of way more mom and pop stores to big box or malls or something because the thing with New Ham- or Key New Hampshire when I said there's nowhere to buy clothes, there are lots of boutiques on Main Street and mm-hmm. I don't want to go into a boutique where it's like just me and the owner and the store and they're like, can I help you with anything and everything's going to be way overpriced. I'd rather there be a mall in New Hampshire and then the Coles, I just don't like Coles because everything there is made for people that are so big. They don't even have my shoe size. <laughs> well, the average wow. buyer in... That's where uh, I bought my work shirt, uh, skirt. The, the average work buyer skirt? is going to be overweight in America, right? So That's true. Physical locations it is too big are at the waist. Yeah, so. they're, they're going to uh, tailor to those people. Let's go to James in Michigan listening online. Go ahead, James. Yeah, just uh, to address that previous caller, he sure had no idea how business and economics work, but... If you're going to be upset with Amazon, 
it it actually is well known that Amazon loses money selling products in order to build their name to sell stock, and where they really make money is selling server space to the government. Mm. Wow, that's where that. they make all their profits. Really, like internet server. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, cloud storage, whatnot. Yeah, the uh, mega, their uh, EC2, whatever servers they have, I believe the CIA and other federal government agencies have mega contracts with Amazon to host their stuff, right? It does make me want to not shop there. But one other thing about Amazon I I kept wanting to say, but I kept forgetting with the last caller is if he has such an issue with, you know, mom and pop stores not being able to compete with Amazon, anybody can sell on Amazon. Why why couldn't somebody just turn their mom and pop store into an Amazon store? Some of them do that. You know, James, I don't know if I buy that they're taking a loss on most of their retail operations. I think there's probably some loss leaders like, you know, your your typical retail store will do that to get people through the door. But I happen to know from people who have sold on Amazon, they're paying a chunk out of their profit. The chunk out of their sale is going to Amazon simply for allowing them to sell. I don't know if it's 10 or 15 percent, but it's probably somewhere in that range. So, I mean, just even if Amazon themselves aren't doing the selling, just having that marketplace where people are able to bring their business in there and set up a set up a retail you know, offering through Amazon, they've got to be raking in some serious money on that. Right. Well, what I'm talking about is more when they started to build their name. Oh, okay. What they did was they offered products. Below cost. They, they pretty much took took a loss. They made money on the electronics, like um, books, mm-hmm. you know, Kindles and stuff. Right. They made money on, on them products, but on physical products, they were losing money with the shipping and everything. And well, they, they had to, because right? Because a large name. Yeah, their big selling point was Amazon Prime, right? That's why so many people shopped at Amazon, right. because they offered free shipping. Mm-hmm. And... At the time when Amazon first rolled that out, they didn't have these contracts in place with FedEx and UPS and USPS, but they offered this thing. And as someone who uses Amazon because of Amazon Prime, it worked. Notice how it's five days now, not two days. Is it really? It's definitely not two-day shipping any longer. They they haven't changed the name of it, but yeah, you don't get anything you order within two days any longer. And you guys should get Parabus on your email. During the pandemic, I actually got my Prime membership refunded eight months in because I complained about that. Wow. Because they changed the, for and you don't the deal. Offer it. Yeah, yeah, they will refund you for anything if you complain. If you get Parabus attached to your what email. What is Parabus? It does kind of probably spy on you, but it checks your email. And um, if you ordered anything and it doesn't come in when it was supposed to come in, then they automatically email the company for you. And I've gotten like... 50 bucks back from Amazon for all the times that it wasn't delivered on time. So it's like a third party that you, mm-hmm. okay, like an app or something? It just, it's not an app. It goes into your email. So it's probably spying on oh, you. Sure. If you're really privacy oriented, <laughs> maybe don't do it. I haven't done it in over a year, but when I did do it, I've gotten like at least like five times, like $10 back. Yeah. Usually if you're willing to sell out your privacy, you can make 10 bucks. <laughs> hey, James, anything else you want to share tonight? No, have a great night. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, I get where our previous caller, not James, but the one prior to him, uh, was coming from in his lamenting that things change, right? Like, people don't like change, and they certainly don't like big change, right? I have something where, to say about this when we come back, Okay, too. where things go big, but ultimately... That seems to be what people want. Now, I do agree with Bonnie. What she said was is that it, the government regulations keep 
people from starting businesses. So we probably would have a much more thriving marketplace without all the government controls. There's more coming up, though. It's Free Talk Live. We'll continue, and you can bring up what you want. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open. If you want to join us here, we're talking about the retail world. We hadn't intended to, but that's the way the show goes sometimes. You bring up what you want, takes us in a different direction. We do want to get back into the supply chain issues, though, coming up because there is a major change that the United States federal government gang is going to be imposing on the trucking industry that is going to make things, in my opinion, even worse. The U.S. federal government? That's them. Uh, we'll get into that uh, with you tonight. It's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. We've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business or organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. And now Intercoin has launched its own investor token worldwide, and you can get it over on xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. Sign up with just an email address, and you can keep your privacy intact because they don't require anything else. Uh, from you, you can deposit dozens of different cryptos, including Bitcoin, trade them for Tether, and then buy ITR with your Tether, the Intercoin Investor Token. You can learn more about the Intercoin vision at intercoin.org and buy or sell ITR over at xmarkets.com. That's exmarkets.com. You just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. Let's go back to your phone calls and thoughts. We got Chuck in Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live. Chuck. Yes, I'd just like to mention I'm listening to you, know, you guys, to KTOX in Needles, California, 1340 AM. Um, Great station. Go ahead. I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, when we're going to see our first COVID-19 shop, a retail store where all of our COVID-19 needs are going to be met. You know that, that exists, Those right? have existed, yeah, in malls. It's so disturbing. I well, I mean, I don't know what describe these stores to me because I've never seen them. I've never seen them either. This is is something that I can just imagine you us hearing about. I mean, just like commercials on the radio. I'd like to see Bonnie maybe do a commercial ad for something that I'm imagining some place where you can get all your plexiglass needs met and, um, you know, uh, rubber gloves uh, and whatnot. Uh, We're trying to tell that. you this store exists. Maybe not plexiglass, but no. it's like masks and tests and. I'm gloves. talking about a Walmart, and and then we can get a place like Walmart to replace the little guy, the COVID nineteen retail like mom and pop shops, 
that will sell you more cotton balls at a, at a, and more out rubbing alcohol and things like that that you're going to need for the next at least five years. I mean, we're we're talking about an economy that's locked in if we don't do something about, uh, let's say, the uh, how about the, the political campaign contributions that the COVID-19 economy uh, divvies out to uh, these different uh, political candidates. You know what I mean? I'm not sure what you're saying. Well, I mean, Donald Trump receives uh, funds from the mandatory virus, uh, the vaccination, and so does Donald Trump. They, that's why they both take the vaccine, because they got that locked up as far as their campaign contribution. I see what you're saying. You're, you're pointing out that the mega corporations are giving money to the politicians like Pfizer and these other ones, and they've got them in their pockets. Sure. Yeah, and that's, it's that's unfunded, Yeah, and then also, you know, the unfunded mandate. Uh, that, that are going to go along with the COVID economy. So it just makes sense that we're going to need, you know, some little mom and pop uh, COVID-19 chaps there, maybe along okay. the You do know line. that, like, what we've been trying to say is that already exists. There's a store called COVID-19 Essentials, and these have been popping up at apparently malls because, you know, malls need whatever stores they yeah, can get. Yeah, malls always have like crazy weird stores in them nowadays because most people have left malls, I guess. Yeah, malls are going under. Uh, but that, yeah, okay, sadly, so how, this already how exists. This, how long does this madness go on? Uh, how, long, how long do we see the COVID-19 economy crash, the, the COVID economic uh, bubble crash? Until how, people how long, stop what? complying. Yeah, it's going to go on as long as people feel afraid, and it, it right. sure does look like these people are afraid, and they're going to be permanently afraid because, well, the government gang benefits whenever it is people are afraid, and uh, they've they've really done a number on, on people these days. I mean, there's a video here that I marked for show prep tonight where two obviously leftist mask-wearing women are apparently getting into an elevator with an unmasked black man, and they proceed <laughs> to freak out on him. Uh, Chuck, any other comments you want to share? I enjoyed this time. Thank you for taking. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Here's the video. This is from a looks like a TikToker at the period s h number one t underscore show. So you can say you can't say that on the air, but uh, that's how they spelled it. Uh, but here's what question. Uh, before we get into it, is the TikToker criticizing, critiquing, or um, yeah, criticizing the women for how they're behaving, or is he like, yes, they're putting this person in their place for not I, wearing a mask? I'm presuming the TikToker is the cameraman, but that's not cl- that's not clear. They didn't uh, make any sort of comment on it. No, it's just 30 seconds of the clip from what the interactions was here. So I'm just going to play it here. These two women getting into an elevator with this man. Get out. So just to explain what's going on here, these two older women with masks on are in this man's face. Like putting their phones in his face, trying to record him like all right up to his face. It almost yeah. looks like they're hitting him with his and, with their phones. Yeah. Is there any way to tell who was in the elevator first? He says later in this video that he was in there first. But we don't see it in the we don't see it in the clip. Unfortunately, well, he wouldn't a, make the claim on camera, presumably if it wasn't if true. It wasn't true. And then yeah. they don't say, "No, we were here first. That's they? true. Uh, let's go on. As she's saying, "Do not touch me. Do not touch me." On the second, "Do not touch me," she reaches up, grabs her mask, pulls it down in order to <laughs> I don't know make her point stronger or something. Pulls it down, then replaces it. <laughs> 
So obviously not concerned with cross contamination or touching her mask or anything like Just that. Just like the Delta Karen who like spit in an old man's face yeah. because he wasn't an wearing 80 a mask. Eighty year old man's oh face. Uh, we go on. She didn't hit him. You just hit me. Did you hear that? No. I, I, I was still focusing on the fact that they committed assault. Let me and go back. battery. Listen car- carefully to the old women. You I can't understand what she they're saying. Start, she He'll hits say, him and then says, He'll say it. He'll say it. Hold on. They say Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter after they hit him. They hit him and he says, Did you just hit me? And she just says, Blah, blah, blah. Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. It's like she was trying to cover it up or something i don't i don't understand she's what went through her brain yeah she's literally just re, just saying black lives matter as she's assaulting a black guy in this elevator it's well, one of the most bizarre like, things my take on this is that she in her mind covid19 is going to kill this black man for not wearing a mask and she wants to save his life <laughs> So in order to do that, she has to attack him and beat him until he complies and puts a face mask on. And, you know, she may have to kneel on his neck for eight minutes or so in order to make him comply. But she's right. Black lives do matter so much. It's just critically important that she physically assaults him. Such a bizarre video. You just hit me. You just hit me. I just jumped it back. You too. Yo, this is great. Wow. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Yo, stop. Stop recording. I don't know you. Yo, you need to stop. I'm not getting out. I was here. That's it. That's nuts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's nuts. And I wish there was more context because it's only a 30 second clip. You don't get to see what happens before they come into the elevator. And I, presumably he wasn't recording, right? Like he's just in an elevator. And then all of a sudden these two psychos, uh, masked women come in there and they get crazy with him. Then he probably pulled the camera out, right? So it makes sense that there's not anything there. But why does it cut off here at the 30 second mark when he's he's like the door of the elevator is closing? Is that a TikTok he, thing? What's, what's the video link limit on TikTok? I've never used it. I think like 30 question. seconds. I don't know. Maybe that's why. I then. haven't made a TikTok in like over a year. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know Snapchat is like 10 seconds. So if you saw a 10 second clip of it that was released on Snapchat, I wouldn't be terribly surprised. But just to the point the caller was making about the fear. I mean, uh, people are so, these people are so afraid. And if, But they're not really that afraid, right? They stepped into an elevator with an unmasked black man. They just wanted to harass him, apparently. Instead of taking the stairs or waiting for the next elevator. Yep. All right, uh, 603-283-6160. You can share your thoughts. But they believe they're better than he is because they are obedient. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're going to get back into supply chain issues and... A new regulation that is going to, in my opinion, make things a lot worse, uh, or somewhat worse. We'll see how bad it gets. Well, With, regulations don't usually make things better. No, they don't. Uh, except for the government, who you know collects more fees off of them usually. But we'll continue. The number 603-283-6160 certainly doesn't make things better for the people. It doesn't make things better for business. And anything that makes things tougher on business raises prices, and that means it's harder on the poor, 
and the lower middle class than it is on the wealthy. Uh, but uh, here tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. And don't forget, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We have feeds. We've got a podcast, RSS uh, feeds that are available. You can plug those right into your favorite podcast client. And you can get those feeds over at feeds.freetalklive.com. There's a few different options there. You can see them over at feeds.freetalklive.com. But, Bonnie, there was a comment you wanted to make further. We, over the last hour or so, had some callers calling in about retail and how things have changed over the years to and, yeah, you know, go towards more like big box stores and now towards these faceless uh, online retailers. And someone was bemoaning that earlier and you wanted to comment further. Yeah, and you were commenting that you think people just don't like to see change happen. And I've always thought yeah. that that was such an annoying quality of people. It's not just older people, so I don't want to say it's just older people. It's everyone. Lots of people are like that. Um, when I worked at uh, Dugway Federal Credit Union, it's now defunct credit union in Utah mm. on a military base. The population of those military bases is just dwindling and dwindling because there's just less people that need to work there anymore. And there was two locations. One was at the place where the most people lived and one was deeper into the military base where way less people went and only nobody lived, but only people worked there. Mm-hmm. And the older man that ran the Federal Credit Union he was fighting to keep the second location open when all of the customers wanted it just turned into an ATM. Hmm. So they would pay to have me drive there like 20 something miles into the desert. They'd pay me for that. They'd pay for me to sit there for hours and wait on like two customers. And um, you so you're know, the only person in the whole store. I was the only person in the whole store. And there was wow. a time that I accidentally set the alarm off. And that was so scary <laughs> because I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. I just think it's silly. Old people don't like change so much. It it could have been turned so you into were an ATM. He's he was the one who was pushing for this, but customers weren't asking for it. Customers didn't want. I mean, need it to be a store. It was just a place where people go into sometimes during the work hours and like deposit some cash or mm-hmm. take out some cash. It literally could have just been an ATM. But this old man was just like, no, we need to keep it open just because it would be a shame to close down that second location. It could have just been turned into an ATM, but eventually Dugway Federal Cre- Credit Union uh, got bought by another bank because, or credit union, mm-hmm. because they were just not making any money. So, Well, so, keeping a branch open that doesn't need to be open will tend we'll to lose that. you money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. And it probably benefited him in some way, you know, to have more than one branch. That way he's... It benefited his ego, right? Yeah. It made him feel right. like his business was more successful I'm than it really was. I'm managing two branches. I, I just feel like that's exactly what it was. He was just always saying it would just be a shame to right. close it. I don't know. I'm sorry. That's just such a random story. It's just how I always think of things whenever I hear people cl- complaining, oh, I don't want there to be a Walmart. I want there to be a, a million little specialty stores. I wish that the, there would just be a giant vending machine Walmart where you could sit in your parking spot type something in a tablet, and all your money comes through a tube. Or not your money, all of your products come through a tube that you wanted. Sounds like you need a VR headset. <laughs> yeah, you know that's what they're working on, right? It wouldn't literally be what I'm talking no, about. No, it wouldn't though. be through a tube, but they you are talking about... You can order things about... online right now. If VR headsets make it harder to order things online it, than yeah, just Yeah, they definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mind specialty stores because, I mean... Like, if I need something for, for my studio, for my computer, or something like that, mm-hmm. I'm not going to find it at Walmart. I'm going to have nope. to find a dedicated technology store to find this highly specialized thing. Or if I need something for music, not, sure, Walmart sells guitars, and mm-hmm. they may sell guitar picks. But if I need something, I need to find an actual music store to buy that thing from, because they're going to have the thing 
And Walmart has entry-level stuff, I guess is what I'm getting at. Now, those are stores that have actually gone under. I, we were yeah. talking earlier about how there are a lot of local stores in the Keene, New Hampshire area. Keene's a small, smaller town. Uh, but they got killed by Guitar Center. They're not around here either. I mean, the, the nearest Guitar Center, yeah, I think, is can, in Manchester. Yeah, but they're tied to Musician's Friend, which allows people to order these same things online. The Musician's Friend came before Guitar Center, and Guitar Center is basically just their brick-and-mortar version of it. Still, but the point is, I was just going to say, we did have that. When I moved here 15 years ago, there were two places where you could go and buy a guitar or whatever, buy some accessories, an amplifier, etc. And both of the, I believe both of those stores have gone out of business. There's one point. here on Washington Street. Oh, is that one still there? Yes. Okay, so there is one still. Yeah. So, yeah. But if I need something for, you know, if, if I need a guitar for my nephew or mm-hmm. whatever, yeah, sure, here's this cheap Walmart guitar. But they don't have the intermediary and advanced levels of things that you would like. If you're getting into skiing or if you're getting into biking, sure, just buy buy some ski equipment from Walmart. Yeah. But if you find out that, hey, I really like this, you're going to end up at an actual ski shop. Yeah, to you're buy not going to get lessons from Walmart. But wouldn't that be why those things stay afloat we just don't need a mom and pop's shop for every single item no, we don't we do for you know things that we need it for like maybe musical instruments or ski. like you said bonnie going from one store to the next store to the next store to that the makes next me store crazy. would be so time consuming it's one more of them efficient. is always closed by the time you're done with one yeah. the only brick and mortar store that a chain that i really miss is radio shack and mm. that was because they sold all this little electronic stuff. They sold stuff. the weird stuff. Yeah. That yeah. was like, I don't know what little project I want to take on, but I'm going to wander around Radio Shack and see what the options are. And I'll dream up something kooky that probably won't work, but it's only going to cost me $15 to buy all the parts. <laughs> and then I have something I can work on for the next two weeks until it fails spectacularly, right? And then and I learn something in the process. So next time I go, I go, oh, okay. I need to buy this other thing instead. Yeah. Radio so, Shack is taking crypto online now. Do they, I didn't even know they even existed still. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think they're one of those businesses where uh, they were franchise. They're only online, right? No, I bet you there's still some retail locations, mm-hmm. but uh, the one in Keene did close. There was one in Keene when I moved here. And that's, that's the only business. retail store I've ever worked at was a Radio Shack. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that was one of the ones that didn't close back when the purge happened and all of the radio, a lot of the radio shacks did close. That one actually stayed open, but I ended up moving on to a different job anyway. But it was great. If you think about it, it's just a lot of these boutique retailers, it's a tough model to to work with the online competition because, you know, you've got to sell a lot of little parts or a lot of CB radios or whatever in order to pay the staff that's working at these stores. Whereas if you can just go online and buy that stuff, for it's going to be cheaper and there's just no way to compete with the online with the exception of having really great expertise and... You know, if you know, kind of know what you're doing, you don't really need the expert. You know, you don't you don't need the Radio Shack staff. Or and you a can lot go onto sh- online forums and figure out. Yeah, a lot of the people shopping at a Radio Shack knew what they were doing, right? Like, right. there were a lot of people who were in there. They were hobbyists, or they back in the day that was the case, but it wasn't the case when I worked there mm-hmm. because Radio Shack was transitioning to trying to sell mostly phones, mm-hmm. and so we we knew oh, a lot yeah. about phones and. But we would have customers come in like, hey, I need a, I, I need a modem. I need a wireless modem, right? They don't know mm-hmm. what they're there for. And you're like, okay, well, what you need is a wireless router to attach to your modem. So uh, that whole industry of people, you know, just being curious about electronic things they could do died off. And the Raspberry Pi came out around the same time because they recognized the same problems. You know, these electronics, they become too expensive for most people to just want to risk playing around with them. Of course, that wasn't the case with Radio Shack. I suspect most people just didn't have the basic knowledge of, 
oh, cool, I can make a little a little clock that runs on solar power or whatever, and I can build it from scratch just with these components that they happen to sell here. Most mm. people are probably just never curious about doing some DIY, do-it-yourself project like that in the first place. There's actually still, according to Wikipedia, there's quite a few Radio Shacks out there still. 500 locations. Doing better than Kmart. <laughs> Kmart's <laughs> down to 17 stores wow. uh, at this point. So I'm actually surprised and glad to see that uh, that Radio Shack is still out there because there have been a number of times where, you know, you need something quick, you can go to a Power Radio Shack. adapters for laptops, man. They, they had this whole chain of them where you could find the exact right plug that you needed to mm-hmm. fit your specific device or whatever it was. And then they could t- sell you the little box to attach it to, to get you the right voltage and amperage. That is so hard to get at Walmart. You go in there like, I need a power no supply way. for my laptop. It's, no, not going to happen. That was one of the most convenient things Radio Shack had, though. All right, if you want to comment here, you're welcome to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. Uh, I don't want to you know, get caught up in nostalgia of the way things you know, used to be because odds are all these business, these old business models are on the way out. You're likely going to see more of a shift towards online. And, and that was happening even before COVID. I mean, the numbers were clear. You look at uh, Black Friday numbers and then, quote unquote, Cyber Monday, and you could see the shift over the last two decades of people moving their purchasing online. I would always buy Cyber Monday jeans instead of going out and wrestling people. As long as you know what size you are, then you don't have to try them on. Or just go to a place where they let you do returns. The number 603, you mean online? Yeah, online. The number 603-283-6160. But what is the big change that's going to be coming to the trucking industry? Because we know they're already short on truckers to move products from the ports. It's probably going to get worse. We'll explain. Coming up. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of... Where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on joined the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because... I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones open if you want to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. Coming up, we're going to get into the, uh, the latest news from the supply chain nightmare. And if you thought it was bad already, well, it's about to get worse and we'll explain why that is in just a moment. But also, uh, I want to share with you a new quote, fresh quote here from our friend Nobody. This one is uh, something that he said, and we're going to share it with you. And the reason we have to share it with you like this is because he's not allowed to be on the air with us, and he's not allowed to speak publicly, so we have to go back to the archives and you know look at things he's said previously, and then we can share them with you here. 
because he's under some stupid bail conditions under the Crypto6 situation, which if you don't know about it, you can go to thecrypto6.com and you can read more about or le- learn more. There's videos and stuff there that you can watch about how we got our studio and homes raided um, not quite a year ago, but coming up on 12 months soon. Yeah. So. We'll be uh, memorializing that in the middle of March, but uh, for now, our friend Nobody is not That's allowed to be on. That's a Wednesday. You want to be on that night? Sure. Uh, for now, our friend Nobody is not allowed to be on the air with us. So here's a quote that Bonnie found that he said, quote, the problem with the Constitution is that it has been soaked in centuries and oceans of blood. Mm-hmm. And that is certainly one problem with the Constitution. I mean, it's got a lot of other problems, and that's why, as Lysander Spooner put it, the Constitution has either authorized the tyranny that we face or has been powerless to prevent it. In either event, it's useless. Yeah, and, and should uh, be you know thrown away, and we should give up on this whole idea of a United States. And that's why I think all of us on this show are in favor of declaring independence. Yep, I just read an article about Brody Deshaies, the representative who uh, went up and gave all of his opinions about why it's illegal, technically, in his opinion, to uh, for New Hampshire to secede at the hearing last Thursday for CACR 32. Yeah, and you just tore him apart. Thank you. I was torn between writing it in the, under the perspective of, well, we don't need to listen to this stupid constitution anyway, because that is what I believe. Mm -hmm. But it was just so easy to, I mean, it was just as easy to show that he was misinterpreting the constitution anyway. So the people that uh, claim to be, you know, using the constitution to have authority over you, they don't even usually interpret it correctly or read it at all you know yeah i mean from my point of view i don't care what the constitution says i don't care what the law says on the matter of secession and independence just like the people who founded this country didn't care what the law said about their right to rebel against the british empire it was illegal to declare independence from the british empire uh and that's that's a great point however i do got i have to agree with you on this bonnie you know coming at it from a pure anarchist perspective isn't going to bring people on board necessarily it it there's a lot of people out there that still love the Constitution, whether it be the U.S. or the New Hampshire Constitution. And the fact is, Constitution does not prohibit secession. Plus, the New Hampshire Constitution predates the U.S. Constitution. So yes. and ours has right. precedence. Yep, and it grants the right to revolution against government anytime Correct. the government becomes perverse. Yep. And uh, you talk about that in an article which you published, what, freekeen.com? I'm about to publish it on freekeen.com, but it should be on the Liberty Block at libertyblock.com? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. All right, so check that out. We go to your phone calls and thoughts, and then more about the supply chain woes in moments. We first have Sarah on the line in New Mexico. Go ahead, Sarah. Yes, I just want to say that, you know, if the casinos that have smoking still indoors, if they became smoke-free, they would get a lot more business. I don't know, you know about that. It, I'm surprised you're in favor of casinos. I'm, I just don't agree with that statement. <clears throat> I liked smoking but, I mean, casinos. Still, you do. You don't. You don't, you don't sound even smoke. like that. You, you're too smart. You're too smart to be a smoker. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, no. When I lived in Utah, I was a smoker, and I loved to go and buy their extremely overpriced uh, Capri cigarettes because they were tiny and skinny and just fun. And smoking indoors was the only. You could only smoke indoors in a casino, so it's fun to drink mm. and smoke a tiny, skinny cigarette. Sarah, do you go to but, casinos? Uh, well, uh, I mean, around here, I mean, that's uh, casinos have like uh, buffets, they have restaurants, yeah, they have 
spas. I mean, it's a resort, and then they build a. You know, okay, I, I, I know what a casino it. is, Sarah. You didn't Do you answer. go to them? Oh, yeah, they have them in Mississippi, right? Yeah. I was a slot well, ticket one in Mississippi. For, for other reasons other than do you um, go, gambling. Do you, though, do you go to casinos? Yes, I do. I have gone to them. Okay. For other purposes. I, okay, that's, that's the fine. thing is. I was just wondering if you set foot have... in the building. Right, and that, but. They you know they don't have, have casinos in communism, right? Well, I, I, I do not know. Do they? I've never, I'm, I don't How know. They? I, they don't I think in I Cuba. Never... Yeah, they're a <laughs> do they, huge. Do they have the, the casino is a result of, you know, unbridled capitalism, right? Like the fact that you have to have a bunch of money to open one uh, in the first place is one thing. And secondly, uh, you know, communist countries weren't known for their great casinos. I don't That's know, all this, I'm saying. This says. At the moment, Cuba has no legal gambling, but other communist nations have had casinos and lotteries for decades. Lotteries aren't the same thing, but... Well, they kind of are, and I mean, how does that work if you can win a bunch of money from the government, but everyone has the same amount of money? Well, that's because that's well, not true communism. Wherever wherever a communist country is, it has a casino. It's not real communism. Well, this says casinos in particular were seen as a way of extracting hard currency from tourists mm. and from the underground Wait, economy. I, well, you know, I, I'm just concerned about like a business place. My my focus is not the economic part of it. But the thing is, every time they threw out the smokers out of restaurants and bars, what happened? Their business, pe- more people come in and they did more business. That's what they have always have proven to be. Yeah, and they should have stopped they- there with people choosing to ban smokers from their restaurants. Instead, people like you lobbied the government gang to make it illegal to allow smokers into restaurants, and then the market doesn't get to decide. And so we don't get to actually see how much business a business would get if they allowed smoking versus not. Sarah, let me correct a few points you seem to not understand. There are a bunch of casinos that you cannot smoke in. I think there are some Mm. in Connecticut that you can, like the ones in um, Atlantic City. I don't think you can smoke in those. So so there are certainly a lot of casinos that you cannot smoke in, and there's a lot that you can smoke in. However, you say they could bring in more money. MGM, which owns a large number of casinos around the world, is one of the largest entertainment companies on the planet. I think they're doing just fine. And if you're a communist, why do you want MGM to make more money in the first place? Off the backs of poor old women who are gambling away their Social Security checks. (laughs) This is the market that some of these casinos actively target. Mm -hmm. Like a number of years ago, Samstown Casino made the choice to actively target retirees. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. And people People like you, Sarah, who are living in trailer parks and stuff and living off Social Security and welfare. They're like, those are the people we need to get right there. Well, you know what? Richard, he's the owner of this trailer park, and he came here to New Mexico because he was a gambler. Hold he on, did you say gamble. he's the owner of the trailer park? No, not the trailer park. He, he I mean, he, he lives in the trailer. And oh, he owns a trailer. Ask oh. him yeah, if Samstown was the, the gambling hall of choice from him, because I'm willing to bet, not in a gambling sense, that it was. Well, here's the thing. Is that I do not gamble. But I like the resort part of it. That's what I'm, but I cannot go. Well, I'm saying these people that want their, want people to come in, they have 
all these, we're going to have Cool in the Gang, and we're going to have... You're um, not going to be allowed I mean, to go to the casino wide. under communism. Sarah, casino smokers have one place where they can go eat a meal and then smoke a cigarette, and that's at these casinos. You <laughs> have a huge... <laughs> I know! You have a huge range of options of non-smoking restaurants you can go to. Suck it up and choose one of those. There are also so many spas uh, other than in casinos. Right. Thanks for the call tonight, Sarah. I appreciate hearing from you. It's just more of her nonsense of wanting to shut off smokers. I'm a former smoker. I don't even Mm. smoke anymore. But she just wants to shut off smokers from all of society. Oh, they can't have a single place where they can go and smoke. Even though smoking outdoors areas around the hospital that she doesn't like. The number is 603-283-6160. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. So the new control that's going to be going into the trucking industry, we're going to tell you about it coming up here. Apparently it went into effect over the weekend. So... Uh, Get ready for the supply chain issues to get even worse. We'll explain what it is coming up in moments. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And with you tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. We had started earlier, much earlier in the show, talking about some of the supply chain difficulties. We probably barely scratched the surface of your story, Yeah, we didn't even get like a fourth of the way through the article, but it just goes on with like more More examples. examples. So it it wasn't worth continuing. Of just different businesses and some of the things that they are having a tough time sourcing, right? The only interesting part that was coming up was about Piggly Wiggly, which is a store that I... Grocery store, Yeah, and I tend to forget it exists because it kind of only exists in the South, apparently. Mm -hmm. Not where I was. Really? It didn't get that far down there. Oh, I see. It wasn't there. Yeah, it's all over Alabama. It, uh, okay, Mississippi as well. Yeah, I never, I've never even seen a Piggly Wiggly. There's nothing special about yeah. it. I mean, it's, it's not at all. It's like the Hannafords of the South or whatever. Did right? you have Winn Dixie? No, in Mississippi. Okay, there There's was Winn a Dixie Jitney in, Jungle at one point, but they went out of business. There's Winn Dixie in Alabama and Tennessee. Okay, I've been to those. Yeah, Winn Dixie is like a southern chain of uh, grocery stores, but they must not go as far west as uh, as Mississippi. So it must be more of like a southeast. Publix is expanding thing. now, too. Publix is in Alabama. Right. Uh, so what about Piggly Wiggly? Just they were reminded that they existed. So, you know, if you thought things were bad now, wait till you hear this. According to various different sources, but I found one over at ZeroHedge.com, the U.S. government gang will be closing its borders to unvaccinated and partially vaccinated Canadian and Mexican truck drivers starting on Saturday. And that was this past Saturday. So it has begun. According to the Department of Homeland Security, in their statement that they issued, quote, these updated travel requirements reflect the Biden-Harris administration's commitment to protecting the public health while safely facilitating the cross-border trade and travel that is critical to our economy. He no, said. it's not safeguarding any international travel. It's it's putting roadblocks in front of international trade. This is an issue. Yeah, this is by the way. For those who don't know what a you know the life of a professional driver is, it's usually a lonely one unless they work in a team. But, in which case, if one of them gets sick, they're both going to get sick anyway. Yeah, because so. they're in the same cab of a truck together for days at a time. But usually, it's a single driver. Who is all by himself or herself in their in their cab, 
And every now and then they get out to, you know, put gas in there and go eat at a truck stop or something like that until they get to their location. You can't get COVID at a truck stop. I'm willing to bet no one has ever gotten COVID-19 at a truck stop. What what do you say then? Because it's it's just how truck stops are. You know, Mm -hmm. you you probably got HIV at a truck stop, but (laughs) COVID-19, it kills it on site. I mean, are they trying to protect the lot lizards here? With this new regulation? <laughs> what would you call it that? You know what a lot lizard is? Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's just the term for it. That's that, For those that don't know, it's a prostitute who sells her services to truck drivers, professional drivers. So these are fairly lonely jobs. They're not interacting with a ton of people. I mean, when they get to the store or whatever, they probably have to get some paperwork signed. Maybe they'll help move some product. I know some truckers have to do that. Others probably don't, depending on, you know, unions and whatever. Uh, But they're very unlikely to be interacting with people most of the time. And yet they're acting like they're protecting people. No, what they're doing is they're going to restrict the number of truckers that can come into the United States. So over the last two years, it's been possible for unvaccinated truck drivers to come across the border. As of this past weekend, it is no longer allowed. I thought that Biden was promising or making it his mission or however he said it to make sure that the supply crisis wasn't an issue anymore like when well, he this said, is going to make it worse i'm going to make it to where they work 24 hours whenever. that was at the port yeah and, that, that and of course port, that didn't but... help because now instead of you know five people working a shift you had three people working one shift and then the next 16 hours are split by you know one person each shift just standing around doing nothing and remember we read the story about the supply chain issues in the port the, sh- the ports specifically the ships off the uh the coast and they pointed out that even if they could move all of the waiting cargo units... There were no truckers to take were, the things. There weren't enough. There was like one uh, trucker for every 15 loads that they had. So, yeah. there's so literally, this is going to make that problem worse. Yeah. There's literally hardly anyone out there driving by comparison to what there, sh- there should be. And now, remember, truck drivers, professional drivers, by their sort of nature... And, and this is true in the United States, and I'm sure it's true everywhere else. In fact, we'll get to a story about the Canadian truckers here in a moment and what they're doing. But truckers, by their nature, are freedom-loving people. They're more likely to be liberty-minded than most, you know, like, orient jobs out there, most industries, most yeah. uh, people. Because they're dealing constantly with the state. They're dealing constantly with the police and being regulated and stupid government uh, Department of Transportation mandates being shoved down their throats, logbooks and drug tests and constant, uh, you know, checks on their vehicle. It sucks to be a professional driver. They hate the government. A lot of them do. And you had mentioned earlier Huffy Bicycles. I don't know if people remember, but NAFTA is a thing. So you may not be concerned. You're like, well, how much of our stuff actually comes from Canada or Mexico? Anyway, Have you looked at the produce department? Quite a bit of it comes from Mexico. Huffy Bicycles, yeah. uh, they used to be an American company. But once NAFTA hit, they closed all of their plants the and moved into Mexico because yep. it was cheaper to ship them up here. Mm-hmm. A lot of our produce comes from Mexico. A ton of produce comes from south of the border. If it doesn't the come from Mexico, good... it comes from south, uh, further south. Oh, yeah, that's true. The only good... Um... Avocados we get in Mark Baskin, New Hampshire, are from Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, we don't get the California Haas or whatever avocados here. So they say empty grocery uh, store shelves is about to get worse. They're probably right, but not for the reason they think. The restrictions, which apply to all foreign essential workers. So they just we're just talking about the truck drivers. Anyone else whose job it is 
including cross includes crossing the United States border, they're not going to let you in unless you've got a vaccine. And only some of these drivers are going to be willing to jump through those hoops. A lot of these guys are just going to say, you know what, I'll just drive, I'll just drive in Mexico now. How available is the vaccine in Mexico? What is Mexico doing? Is Mexico okay? We haven't heard anything from them in like two years. They've been okay the whole time. I mean, uh, our roommate Matt went down there and partied a few uh, months ago, so he said it was fine. So they're doing okay. Okay, that's good. My ex, his dad owns a water park, and they never made people wear masks. Yeah, you never hear anything about the masses, the hospitals in Mexico getting overwhelmed or anything like that. Well, when I did talk to somebody from down there, they did say that the cities, of course, are the worst places Mm, as far as there there are some mandates and you're going to see more mass compliance in in the cities. We had the camera crew that was up here for a little while from Mexico, so they were kind of talking about it. Oh, that's true. They Um, were from Mexico. It sounded kind of similar to here when uh, when Matt, our co-host from on Thursday nights, uh, went down there for a vacation. He said that. You know, it was, again, very similar where the people in the, the city, the tourists, were likely to wear masks. And, and of course, the the market wants to, to correspond to that, right? So you might see some masks in some businesses, but probably they're not going to force you to do it. Okay. And that's a market thing anyway. Yeah. Like, if I, if I was running a company when there were a bunch of tourists in masks, I'd, okay, um, not going to hassle them about wearing masks. So that makes sense. Uh, the border COVID vaccine mandates are coming into force despite pushback from the truck industry. The impact will be felt most acutely in the U.S.-Canada freight market, where around 160,000 truckers regularly cross the border, 75% of whom are Canadian. Already, capacity has tightened significantly with huge price increases in the spot market. We can talk a little bit more. They've got an estimate of how many drivers are just going to quit because of this. Coming up here in moments, you can share your thoughts. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Sorry to the truck drivers who wanted to keep doing business by crossing the border and bringing products over into the United States and, you know, have a job because unless you want to get that government-approved Pfizer jab or the Moderna jab or whatever chemical concoction they want to shove in your arm at the moment you're not going to be allowed to cross the border as of this past weekend those new rules went into effect yeah i was about to ask um but i didn't in the last uh segment what if somebody got the indian jab that is a regular vaccine Ooh. what what was it called again you remember um, no not comirnaty no uh, well how about astrazeneca right because that's even uh-huh. easier and we remember mm-hmm. what that one is well, she's asking about one specifically that our one of our doctors told us about that in India, they've come out with a vaccine that is actually not an mRNA vaccine. It's actually the old school style, oh. like the dead the dead strain or whatever that they used to Weekend do vaccines strain, with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, it's like having COVID-19, except you don't have to get sick. For I guess a few hours. He still said he wouldn't get it if he didn't have to or whatever. But he said if you have to get a vaccine for some sort of business reason, like you have to travel or whatever, he said he would get that one. But instead the of United the other States ones. isn't allowing people to get it. But you can get it in Mexico. So what if somebody elected to get that one instead of an mRNA vaccine? Would they still not be allowed over the border? Yeah, that's a good question uh, because presumably they would have to accept paperwork from Mexico. So if Mexico is 
certifying people who get that vaccine, then that, in theory, would work. Hmm. But that said, according to the story here at ZeroHedge.com... What even is fully vaccinated these days? Depends on whatever the government you're talking about. So, in, Well, what about the U.S. government? Because they're, they're, they've been I suggesting boosters shots. for quite a while. So. Yeah, they're suggesting boosters, but as of so far, they have not yet mandated the booster. So that could change any moment, but as of yet, it has not. Okay. So according to Zero Hedge's story here... Quote, the supply chain is already fragile, so it puts all of us in a precarious situation. This according to the CEO of a Canadian trucking and logistics firm. Uh, the Canadian Trucking Alliance and American Trucking Alliance have projected that 10 to 15 percent of drivers may leave cross-border trucking entirely as a result of the mandates and thereby exacerbate existing supply chain issues. On Monday, several dozen Canadian truckers protested near the U.S. border in Emerson, Manitoba. And according to another story, there's literally hundreds of uh, truck drivers there in Canada that are doing a protest. And we can tell you more about that. But you're talking about losing 10 to 15 percent, according to the industry estimates of drivers over, you know, over the border. And that's probably a minimum. That's probably a low estimate. Yeah. Uh, most of the industries that we saw in the United States lost a, a, about 20 percent of their workforce from what I've been able to gather. Wow. Now, these guys aren't going to necessarily stop trucking. It's just they're not going to be cross-border truckers. So they'll probably look for regional trucking jobs or, you know, in intranational uh, trucking jobs going coast to coast in Canada, but not crossing over into the U.S. I hear Mexico. smuggling things into the U.S. from Mexico has a lot of money in it. Maybe really? they'll look into that. You mean like cannabis? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, they, they need a job now, right? Because the government's putting them out of work. So, okay. Let, here's the black market to solve your problem for you. Wait, from the U.S. to Mexico? No, from Mexico to the U.S. Hmm. Or Canada. From yeah. yeah. I used to know a girl that would bring uh, some high-quality cannabis in across the border. She would hike it, hike it across the border from Canada to the U.S. I guess you don't have to do that so much because they're growing so much in the United States now. But this was 20, 30 years ago or whatever it was. Well, I had a story last year that was saying that more weed is being brought from the united states into mexico than vice versa anymore that's a change but it could have been change mess up or that might not be true anymore due to covid i don't know i bet that is true because there's so much good weed in the united states now yeah like the california mexico border is probably all to mexico it used to be that the you know dirt weed or whatever was coming over from mexico in bricks into the united states but the weed is so good and so cheap now due to the legalization here in the U.S. And we've got more of a legal status here than they do in Mexico. So it's likely a lot of it is being imported. In other related news, there's a convoy of truckers, according to Reuters, which I'm surprised the mainstream media is even reporting on this. I've seen various different posts about this on social media over the last few days uh they've begun a march from vancouver on sunday to the canadian capital city of ottawa protesting the government's covid19 vaccine mandate for they're truckers. doing a march what kind of distance is that because in trucks they're okay. not on foot because it's cold here in new hampshire i can imagine yeah. how much colder it is in canada yeah, oh yeah all the pictures i saw there was snow snowy. everywhere yeah uh so they apparently the government now has a vaccine mandate for all truckers in in canada so the industry it's almost like the supply chain crisis just wasn't bad enough for the american public and so governments are like especially the american government how can we actually fulfill our prophecy of doom and gloom because covid19 doesn't seem to have done it yeah 
So we need to step up and they, we need they're to doing it artificially. Down. Yes, now. they're doing everything they can to fulfill the promises that they said COVID-19 was going to do. Now it's a war is going to do it. <sighs> that's all. That's the other thing. You know, th- some people are saying that now that COVID's quote unquote winding down, you've got some countries are actually lessening restrictions like the UK, where they are saying they're going to stop having vaccine mandates and they're going to stop having mask mandates. Apparently, well, none of it has helped. Well, right, but now they're saying, okay, we'll war- bring on World War Three now, and now you've got the the Russia Ukraine uh, situation and the China Taiwan thing. Is something uh, going on there? Uh, yeah, t- China's just always poking at Taiwan. Yeah, something- I mean, there's always a standoff, but I mean, have they like crossed the border and? Well, they're invaded? constantly. Well, they have not invaded, but they're flying, you know, jets into their airspace again or something. Something like thirty nine warships the other day. Ukraine, uh, hundreds of military trains with Russian troops are being deployed to Belarus, which is the next door uh, sort of northwestern border sharer with Ukraine. So things are definitely ramping up there. The U.S. government gang planning possibly Biden is, quote, mulling a troop, uh, sending some troops over there. People should just refuse to go. It's silly. uh, That that would be true heroism. This isn't going to happen prior to the prior to the Winter Olympics in Beijing. Ru- hmm. Russia wouldn't cost China that amount of money by starting a gigantic war with the West right hmm. before the Winter Olympics. Wow, I didn't know there was going to be a Olympics in China. So back to the story here. A Truckers. lot of human rights groups are protesting it, and the Biden administration is officially protesting it, but they're not hmm. preventing Olympians from going. They're going to send the Olympians. Okay. Yeah. Then what is it mean for them to be officially Nothing. protesting yeah them. it's just like we don't like this we so, made a statement yeah. even though they never made us or he wouldn't make a statement about the uyghurs i don't know if he ever did trump did though mm-hmm. there's a one good thing he ever did i mean it could have been better he could have i don't know he let a few people out of prison true just not everyone he should have let out he should have let out uh ross ulbricht he should have pardoned assange and uh snowden but they're good people on both sides Ian. that's what he said uh, so back to the story here. The industry is saying it's going to create driver shortages and fuel inflation. Truckers under the banner Freedom Convoy 2022 had raised 2.7 million Canadian uh, by Sunday through a GoFundMe campaign to fight the mandate. I'm surprised GoFundMe didn't take them down. The funds would be raised to uh, would be used to help with costs of fuel, food. Well, GoFundMe and doesn't care about the Canadian government. They don't have the pressure that the U.S. Hmm. government has. The convoy is expected to reach Ottawa on January 29th. So this is going to be going all week long. Uh, the industry is vital to the smooth flow of goods since more than two-thirds of the Canadian $650 billion in goods traded annually between Canada and the United States travels on roads. But as many as 32,000 or 20% of the 160,000 Canadian and American cross-border truck drivers may be taken off the roads due to the mandate, according to the Canadian Trucking Alliance estimates. So combine all this together. You've got the United States government saying, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come over the border. The Canadian government saying, we're not even going to let you be a trucker, even within Canada, if you're not vaccinated. So times are already going to get tough for the Canadians. Things are going to get worse in uh, in the U.S. because the Mexican truck drivers, a lot of them are going to say, no way. And they're not going to get that uh, that vaccine mandate. So, And we don't see people lining up to take these jobs because if people were becoming truckers, then the people at the ports would actually be able to offload their inventory. And they can't. So things not are good. not going to get better. Not in the immediate future. Uh, not with these government mandates. More coming up.
This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here in the remaining moments. We've got time for you. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. So I'm still trying to figure out exactly what the Canadian mandate is. According to TheHill.com, earlier this month, Canada said it would permit unvaccinated Canadian truck drivers to enter from the U.S., a reversal from a previous mandate for all truckers. Under that policy, American truck drivers will still require to be vaccinated. At the time, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was reportedly facing pressure from the opposition party in the trucking lobby to forego the requirement. However, the mandate that the marchers are protesting went into effect on January 15th and requires unvaccinated Canadian truck drivers to get tested for COVID-19 and to quarantine upon re-entering Canada from the United States. So apparently I misunderstood when they said it was a vaccine mandate on the Canadian truckers. I presumed that that meant that all... Canadian truckers must have a vaccine in order to simply be a truck driver in Canada. And it sounds like it's cross-border mandate, meaning that they were going to say, okay, you have to have the vaccine to come back into Canada. Which is which is strange to me. It's like you're just going to leave your citizens stranded in the United States saying, get this job or you can't come home. Right. So now they're saying instead of the vaccine, you can come back if you get tested and quarantine, which, of course... No trucker is going to want to do because they need to be on the road. Yeah, they make you stay in one of their hotels for two weeks. Yeah, and they don't make money in that two weeks, and they need to be getting to their next their destination, right? Like they've got a load of uh, product in their truck, presumably, right? And uh, well, most they need people to get back. can't just not work for two weeks, right? Why so, can't they just? Why is it the negative COVID nineteen test good enough? Yeah, good good point. It's just all about obedience. It's maybe, about punishing these people. Maybe that's them admitting that the co- tests don't even work. I mean, if the test did work, you would think, okay, this person doesn't have COVID. All set. Move Come along. on in. Yeah. yeah. No, it's about punishing them for not having the vaccine. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and I know so, they say, well, it could have an, a 14-day incubation period. Okay, well, hold on. Time out. Because that was what they said in February of 2020, almost two years ago. When they said it can live on surfaces for weeks, and they said all sorts of other stuff, all of which has been walked back. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me that this one claim that they made almost 24 months ago happened to be correct? I don't buy it. And it doesn't appear to be correct based on the U.S. Department saying, oh, yeah, by the way, if, if you test positive, you can come back to work five days later. It's fine. Well, not if it's got a 14-day incubation period. It's not, because they, they continue to be able to spread COVID-19 even after they feel better if it's really got that sort of lifespan to it. Hmm. So the mainstream media, as I said, I was surprised they're even reporting on the Canadian situation. Uh, we have the story from Reuters here. And what did they what did they say as far as numbers? It says just a convoy of truckers. It doesn't say how many. Now, on Twitter right now, Michael P. Sanger, eight hours ago, posted a 52-second-long video showing this protest and claiming that there are over 50,000 Canadian truckers who are involved in this caravan. Now, that would be, if that were true, that would be a huge chunk of the entirety of the Canadian trucking business. But they do show a very lengthy, you know, string of vehicles that are purportedly involved in this 
in this protest. So I think it's fair to say there are probably several hundred, if not thousands, of uh, of trucks that are involved. Also, private vehicles, I believe, are involved. But full-on big rigs, 18-wheelers, a uh, lot of them, just in a long row here in this uh, in this video. Now, according to another twitter site They're, they post a graphic lockdown ottawa truckers canada uh, wide are converging in ottawa we will all stay there until all mandates and restrictions are lifted thousands of trucks and vehicles will be surrounding parliament and blocking off access to ottawa demanding an end to lockdowns and all covid19 mandates and restrictions I don't blame them. I mean, it's not like they can go to work anyway, right? Mm. So why not use your downtime to make a protest? In your giant truck to block the Capitol. The time has come. This ends now, the graphic says. So that's what's being put out there. And that's what is apparently happening again. The plan is to start in Vancouver on the west coast of Canada and drive all the way over to Ottawa, which is, I think, not quite... It's not Quebec, right? Like that's I, I believe no it's the one that's next to Quebec. So Quebec is the one that's north of us here on the east coast. Yeah. That's that province. That's I, all I know. I think the one next to it. Well, is, Vancouver is is above Washington, right? Yes, correct. So Washington, so Vancouver is on the coast, hmm. uh, just north of Washington State, and so they're going to start there, and then so more truckers will join, right? So like as they're coming across uh, Canada, driving to the east, truckers in the middle provinces will join. Uh, some probably will come down from the northern territories, and they will all converge on the capital in uh, in Ottawa. And if this actually play, uh, plays out, because remember there was there was news a few months ago where this was happening in Australia. Do you remember that story? I yeah. do, and it didn't go very far. Nothing. I mean, basically, nothing came out of it. Yeah. But they didn't have hundreds or thousands of trucks participating in that. Not like they supposedly do here. And this is focused. You know, they're going to one place. They're not like, we're going to blockade all the ports or whatever. They're right. like, we're going one place, and that's the parliament building. I wish that a bunch of truckers would block off Washington, D.C. so they couldn't do business there. That'd be a much better... Actually, this Canadian idea is a much better insurrection than January 6th supposedly was. That's a great point. Yeah, <laughs> if only there weren't innocent people in Washington, D.C., then the truckers could just block the entire place off and starve them out. <laughs> It would be better than what they're doing now. I mean, we, we, we could smuggle the, the innocent people out of there, right? Mm. <laughs> like, uh, are you a violent psychopath? No? Okay, then you're free to go. Are you in government? Yes. yes. Okay, okay, then you're, you're a violent here. psychopath. You're staying. <laughs> yeah, and if there are enough of these truck drivers, then there's really nothing uh, that the government gang is going to be able to do about this. No, because truck drivers, can, they... Our commerce 100% relies on them. They're the ones who bring the crap to you from right. these shipping ports. Without them, the entire economy crumbles. If they, if they come together to exert pressure on governments, they, they will get what they want because this, people will start starving. This really just makes me believe even more than I already do that uh, government officials are not real humans. They're lizard people or something because they supposedly need farmland and truckers and everything to bring them their food too but they're ruining all this stuff for everyone like the whole world well the elites aren't going to have a problem getting food bonnie i mean they they've got they're aliens look at kim jong-un for instance like he's fat and happy there in north korea while the people are scraping for sustenance in a lot of cases the the party elites get fed every time every governmental system 
doesn't matter. Their soldiers also get fed. Not as much, <laughs> but they do get fed, and that's how they keep their loyalty. Yes, that's right. But this is going to be one to watch for sure. I mean, so the, the photos are great. There's a photo here of a trucker, like a line of a convoy of trucks. Rebelnews.com reporting on it here, showing a, uh, a big truck, uh, the, you know, the, the cab portion of it. On, on the front, there's a huge like chunk of metal where Mandate Freedom has been burned into it, and that's on the front of the truck. So really cool imagery, lots of uh, lots of support behind this. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this you know this develops. If they're just driving, there's nothing that can be done, right? Like if if all they're doing is driving, they can't really be arrested for any serious reasons on the way to uh, to Ottawa. It's just when they get there and they actually start blocking the roads, then you might see some sort of a military uh, crackdown because that's what they're going to have to do. I mean, they're going to have to... They're not going to have enough cops, right? Like, if there are thousands of truckers, as they are saying that there is, I don't believe the 50,000 number, but I could believe 500 to to 5,000, somewhere in that range. And if there are hundreds of trucks, it's going to be hard to deal with that. They can clog up those streets pretty easily, and moving them out of the way isn't going to be like you know grabbing somebody's car you got to get the special wrecker in there to to move a, an actual like semi truck right you don't just pull in the average tow truck you've got to get the big ass tow truck Plus in there. I and they don't the, have that many of those the average tow i mean uh trucker in general that it is you know out there trucking in canada in the cold probably is going to be a scary person to pull over and try to take advantage of well plus the people who are driving the wreckers might be with sympathetic yeah yeah they might be with the truckers because those are truckers too right like those are professional drivers their job is to rescue truckers when their trucks break down and they have to drive you know get the truck off the road yeah they need truckers to survive as well (laughs) right so this is an interesting approach it's probably one of the most interesting protests uh that i've seen happen so far because it could actually have an effect It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, we'll see. If you hear of any developments on this, f- feel free to call in throughout the week. Uh, and again, they're they're planning on converging on the Capitol on the 29th. We'll see you tomorrow online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com.